This is Mercy Harper, writer for Research Services at APQC. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to APQC Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today, I'm here with Holly Lykogland, Principal Research Lead for Process and Performance Management at APQC, to talk about end-to-end processes. Welcome to the podcast, Holly. Thanks, Mars. Always happy to talk with you. Awesome. So let's start with, uh, what is this thing? What are end-to-end processes? Uh, end-to-end processes is kind of one of those phrases that confuses a lot of people. Um, they are con- conflicted. Some people use the word value stream. Some people use the word end-to-end process. Some people use cross-functional processes. But really what they are is just kind of a large picture process that focuses on a very specific outcome. Um, a lot of times they will expand across different functions. Um, and, and kind of looking towards that, that, that getting people together for, for one specific role. Um, some of the examples that are easy for most people is things like order to cash, um, hire to retire, and idea to market. Now you can take idea to market apart and, and really can see how these pieces fit together. So you start with idea generation as the first phase. And that's really, so what can we create? And that includes groups like marketing, market research, um, and R&D. The second part of it then is assessment and selection. So what should we create? And that has, usually tends to also be a cross-functional group that goes through in those same kind of key stakeholders. Then you hand it over to product development for phase three, which is development. Okay, so let's build it. Let's build the prototype, test it, and make sure it's going to be a good fit for what our customers need. Then you kind of go into that last stage, which is launch. So now we're going to take it and we're going to get it back out into the world for our customers to have. And then I can hand it back over to marketing. So you see kind of how all these pieces fit together across different functions for a specific goal, which is a new idea and product or service that we can then sell to our customers. Awesome. Thanks. And I think it's a fun way to make it tangible with idea to market because that's that's a cool end-to-end process to think about how ideas become things that people can buy. Um, But beyond it being kind of cool, why should we care about end-to-end processes? What's the value in kind of figuring out how that all works from end-to-end instead of just looking at each what each function does? Because you described the functional roles in each step. So why do we need to pull it apart? There's a lot of drivers behind why end-to-end is super important. Um, the first one is, is internally. For, for us as organizations, end-to-end is useful because it helps create clarity on those handoffs. Now, thinking about that idea to market example we just talked about, right? So we're clearly defining what marketing and market research are doing and how that then goes over to product development to kind of then fulfill and create that. And then it hands back over to marketing. So everybody can see where one piece starts and how it goes between the different groups. Because a lot of times if we don't have clarity um, in which these different functions work and how they fit together, you start seeing people who will improve their part of the puzzle without really thinking how it's going to affect the next group down the road or making sure that they understand the needs and wants of the people in that next step so they can do a good job and help out. It also helps us create that single goal at the end that gets everybody working together from that handoff perspective. Um, Another kind of reason we see a lot of people look at end-to-ends, and this ties back to the relationship of value streams, is that it's usually typically an outside-in perspective. We are not looking from what we do, but we're looking from what the end goal is, usually from a customer or an internal customer's perspective, right? So we're looking at it from the, the end 
backwards, which helps us get a different perspective of when we're kind of putting our processes together and also help when we start thinking about improvements and things like that, because it's that kind of customer centric view. Mm. And I think the third one that I've seen a lot of is resourcing, right? So when we start looking at projects, we start looking at timelines, we start looking at where our staff are spending their time, what they're doing. Um, having that end-to-end -end view helps you get that bigger picture of what exactly it's going to take um, and where the where those resources need to go for the benefit of the organization. Right. So how do organizations get started with end-to-end? -end? Um, if, if you think this sounds like a, a cool thing to figure out how it works in your organization, what do you need in terms of people, data, tools, time, and of course, money? <laughs> right. I mean, there's a couple of definite steps that you can do. Um, the first thing really is just figuring out where do we want to start? What end-to-ends do we want to start with? Because you can't boil the ocean and do all the potential end-to-ends out there in the universe at the same time. Um, I've seen maps, lists of, of end-to-ends, like anywhere from like 12 to 30 different end-to-ends that organizations can use. So the first part is really then figuring out which ones are best fit. Um, We've seen some criteria that people use for this, but the first part is just what is the purpose? Why are you looking at end-to-ends? And that's where you would start your prioritization. Are you creating a shared service center? Um, try Because you're trying to consolidate a bunch of stuff. Well, then you're probably going to be looking at those back office end-to-ends, like ordered cash, procure to pay, hire to retire. Right. Um, are you focused on the customer? Is your goal to make a more seamless, beneficial experience for your customer? Then you're going to look at those customer-facing things, like the idea to market. Um, the lead to sale process, things like that. Or and with a lot of organizations, what we're seeing these days is they're also looking specifically at technology projects. So what end-to-end -end processes are going to be tied to things like are your ERP systems that you're, that you're adopting hmm. or the new databases that you're putting in? Um, again, again, there's a lot of it, but I think the two key ones is like, what are we, what's our purpose? And what's the potential impact that's going to have on our organization? Some groups like CMI, um, we did some work with them. They also included things like complexity. How complex is the process? How many different functions does it go across? Because that gives us a scope on time, resources, and the people it's going to take to do this particular process, right? Um, then the next step after that is really just kind of very similar to what you would do with any other process. You get your stakeholders together, you talk through it, you map it out, you validate and verify it. Um, there's some things that people can use. Um, you can range from complicated BPMN tools to something as simple as a whiteboard as far as doing the mapping work. Um, one thing I would always suggest as a tool, and it's actually not an investment tool, is a SIPOC. So those of you who, who know what a SIPOC is, it's just kind of that deconstruction of your process that includes your suppliers and inputs and your outputs and your customers. And if you already have those and, and created, it's a great way to then just kind of puzzle piece your end, end process together because you're just looking where those sticky ends meet up. Um, as far as kind of the resources though, it's what you want to put into it. Um, the investment, you can, like I said, you can do it with a few people on a whiteboard or you can go through and use Visio or any other kind of complicated things. Some people use things like process mining tools to get a picture of where, they're, where the work flows. But again, it's not really necessary when you're trying to just kind of initially get your end-to-ends -end together. Right. That sounds pretty achievable, especially with the, the whiteboard version. I think that's something a lot of folks can jump right into. 
Um, but where do organizations tend to uh, struggle or fall into pitfalls with end-to-ends? I think the biggest first question people tend to struggle with is scope. And that's this idea of because we're talking about something that is across functions, that's looking at a specific purpose, that's kind of vague. And we can immediately state that's kind of a vague parameters for us there, right? What's in and what's out? Where do we start? Where do we stop? Is kind of the biggest place we see a lot of people struggle. Um, I always recommend there's a ton of end-to-ends out there that'll give you the high level. We've got some with us. There's a bunch of other organizations that supply those as well. And it's just a great place for you to start thinking about the scope of what you're talking about when you're doing an end-to-end. The second kind of big one is politics. Um, Because we are working in something that is across functions. Sometimes there tends to be a little bit of extra effort um, trying to get the two groups or three groups or whatever it is to work together seamlessly. Um, the politics also kind of shows up though when we're also talking about governance. So as we know, end ends are also a process, which means it should have a singular process owner. Mm. Um, and that's someplace a lot of people struggle with because then we say the idea to market. Marketing's involved, product development RD is involved, market research is involved. So which area should logically be the process owner for managing that end-to-end process? And that's going to reflect with the organization. Um, a lot of times suggestions around that is whose scorecard is that KPI on? Um, they're probably going to be the person with the most skin in the game as far as buy-in to managing that. Um, some groups I know have also kind of broken the rules um, and they'll have like a process owner committee where it may have shared responsibility process owners between whoever the process owners for the other pieces in the process. Mm-hmm. And similarly, the same issue with like the whole governance and the politics part is then measures. So how do we measure something that is that big? And how do we measure something that goes across so many different places in the organization? And kind of the simple quest- answer there is, well, what's the value? Again, end ends are supposed to provide a very specific value And what is the most logical measure then for identifying how you measure that value? And that usually helps us then feed into the KPIs. You can then kind of backstep that and do some supporting KPIs by the different phases of the the process itself. Mm. So those are kind of the three big places I see most people struggle with is, you know, what do I include? How do I own it? And how do we make sure everybody plays nice together? And then how do we measure this thing? Right. That makes sense. So, you know, you, you've sold me on end-to-end um, a long time ago, not just on this podcast. But, um, and to me, I think it's kind of like one of those big picture business ideas that can help companies transform and drive more value for their customers and their employees. But it doesn't get the same level of hype as a lot of other big picture business ideas, um, like those around automation and digitalization or different organizational strategy models, you know, like blue ocean and all this stuff, you know, that all, all that stuff's like in Forbes and HBR, but you don't see a lot of end to end popping up in those places. Um, So I wanted to close out by asking you to really sell folks on end to end. What is, uh, you know, some some awesome outcomes or maybe maybe a story that uh, can show how awesome this concept really is. 
Oh, that's always the challenge, right? Especially when we're talking process, because process doesn't tend to be as sexy in, in the business world. Um, <laughs> hey, I think it's sexy. <laughs> it's foundational to everything we've talked about, though, in those those areas, right? It's foundational to planning. It's foundational to, to the execution of everything the organization does. Uh, I think one of the cool examples that I saw with some like tangible, useful benefits um, was that CMI that I mentioned earlier, right? They were completely redoing their organization and they decided that because they were trying to break down silos, they were trying to get some standardization against all of these business lines that they had, they wanted to focus on end-to-end because they thought it would be incredibly useful for doing that. Um, And the early work that they did um, was very process-focused, right? We're very much focused on on establishing the processes. Um, But that early work actually was incredibly useful for them um, once they started down the path of the whole digital transformation experience, um, they were trying to replace legacy systems. They were trying to find ways to improve um, how they were able to support customers. Like I said, they were also trying to find ways to simplify and unify all of these global business heads from different depart- from different business lines. So what they did was they took some of the early work they did in end-to-end, um, and then they tied it with IT and that got brought in as the foundation for their digital transformation work. Um, it was the underlying foundation there for how they approach things, um, how they look at things. And I think end-to-end in particular is becoming very, very useful as we talk about digital. Because you know we're getting rid of these legacy systems that are in one business unit or another business unit, and they're trying to talk across all of these things for very right. purposes, specific purposes which is the same thing end-to-end is going to do. So that's why you see nowadays you start seeing ERP systems and stuff with those end-to-ends built into them. They don't get a lot of the press, but they're absolutely foundational elements to getting it done. That makes so much sense. You know, when you're, when you want to go digital or you want to automate some aspects of a process, it's probably pretty smart to understand how it all works end to end so you don't end up creating more silos and more mess and more frustration down the line. Right. And it also shows where our APIs need to be built between our systems as well. Um, just kind of help you make sure that all that lovely data runs smoothly um, throughout the organization. Yes. Smooth running data sounds sounds pretty nice. I don't think a lot of organizations have that right now. So if that's not, if that's not a... a you know, attractive option for you. I don't know who you are out there. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Holly. Thank you, Mercy. Well, once again, I'm Mercy Harper. Thanks for joining us for this APQC podcast. Please go to apqc.org to learn more and have a great rest of your day.